Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your dinerific host, Javi. Ah, fuck. I should have said dynamite. <laughs> oh, what a missed opportunity. Too bad no one will ever know. You know, we could have edited it in where you say what you wanted to say. Nah. Because I'm 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 uncut, man. I am I am real and uncut, and I love when people just take me for who I am. All right. Well, this week we're talking about the 2018 Jurassic World sequel, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And I uh, honestly called this Dominion for like the last three days when people asked me, hey, where are you guys? So what are you guys recording? And I'm like, Dominion. And I was like, wait, stupid. That movie hasn't come out yet. The rigged voting machine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. People are going to storm Universal Studios. <laughs> um, yeah, so Dominion is the final chapter in the Jurassic World trilogy that is... Uh, was originally supposed to come out this year but due to the covid pandemic is actually going to be pushed back another year but it is interesting that we talk about that because i think that is one of the things that we should discuss when we get into this episode so really the reason why we picked this week's episode is we were like the the week the schedule kind of snuck up on us and we actually didn't really have anything (laughs) planned uh yet for doing this week so we ended up like just on a lark watching this movie uh together and when we did um we decided that this would be the movie that we review this week mostly because uh even though i've seen this movie and i'll get into my experience with it in a second this is your first time ever seeing this movie that is absolutely right i had not seen uh fallen kingdom I always wanted to. I remember it was it even made to the movie theaters because I think it was a Christmas season release, right? No, it was the summer. It was a summer oh, was, movie. This was a summer blockbuster. It was the early summer, kind of like that May and June period. Oh, there should have been a winter release. <laughs> Actually, it might have been April. I it, think this one. I think this one was even was even earlier. This, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if the summer would have been a good time for this movie. Well, no, it's definitely a tentpole. So the release date was May twenty first of twenty eighteen. Yeah. So it was a uh, early summer release, and I know for sure that it was a summer release because this is actually the first movie that my wife and I went to see after we had our daughter. <laughs> So, like, it, it was, well, no, not, well, the first movie we went to go see in a regular theater. Black Panther came out in February, and my daughter was, like, three weeks old, and we actually went to a drive-in. <laughs> it took her to a drive-in to watch Black Panther. You hid her inside, like, your coat pocket, and we're like, no, that's just, that's Why just my stuff. Drive-ins in my car. Even better. They're like, <laughs> they weren't going to be like, you did have to hide your child. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> No, but this was actually like a movie where this was the first time that we had ever had someone take care of my daughter for an evening while my wife and I went out to theaters. And it felt like such a throwback. I mean, even now it would probably feel like even more of a throwback because I haven't been to theater in like over a year. But um, because before we had my daughter, any time that we didn't have anything else to do, my wife and I, like movie dates were the thing to do. And mm-hmm. even like it even got to the point where it's like we didn't need the movie didn't even need to be that good. <laughs> we just needed an excuse to get out of the house. 
and then you know once you have kids it's like it's so much more difficult to go get out and see things so this pandemic has kind of worked out for us in that a lot of these movies that are going to streaming it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to watch them at home but uh yeah this was the first movie that we had saw that we had seen then uh this Especially was a kids sequel. movies man did you watch Jurassic World in 2015? Yes, I did. I just forgot who I saw it with. I don't remember if I saw it with you or if I saw it with someone else. Mm-hmm. But I do remember seeing uh, Jurassic World and being like, this movie's fantastic. And I remember seeing uh, Chris Pratt and I was like, wow, this guy can totally fit the more, he's the more action hero version of Alan Grant. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and but, you know, it definitely felt like it, it, it was one of those, at least Jurassic World, that is, Felt one like one of those movies that definitely exists in the same world, obviously. But then, um, you know, it felt like something new in a different way. And I remember being really interested in it. But for some reason, I just completely missed the mark on this film. Couldn't couldn't watch in the movie theater. I don't know if there was anyone that really wanted to watch it. So I was like, eh, okay, I'll get around to it eventually. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, like a weekend or two weekends ago, <laughs> like during the holidays, you know, the weird holiday break. You know, I was hanging out with Angel, and Angel was like, why not watch it? And I'm like, fuck it, why not? So here we are. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so this is a 2018 movie. It was a sequel to 2015's Jurassic World. And I don't know who the original director was slated to do this movie. So the original Jurassic World movie is directed by a guy named Colin Trevorrow, who I guess like was handpicked by Steven Spielberg, right? And uh, essentially, this was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow's uh, trilogy. But among doing the Jurassic World franchise, I believe he was already working, I believe, on the ninth, on episode nine of Star Wars. And something happened. I don't know what it was, but Lucasfilm was, they weren't really satisfied with what was happening with the film, you know. Disney's Star Wars uh, franchise outside of the Mandalorian has been very up and down. It's... Go back and listen to our Star Wars series if you guys want to know more on our thoughts on Star Wars. Our thoughts were like polarizing to say the least. So uh, I slapped but... Angel in one of those episodes. <laughs> but I guess, okay, so I guess Colin, while he was working on Star Wars, uh, they figured they were going to go in a in a bit of a different direction uh, for Jurassic World 2. So they actually end up hiring the, a director by the name of J.A. Bayona, who is most well-known for the horror movie The Orphanage. This is the first time, at least what I was super excited about this movie was that this felt like it was going to be the first time that Jurassic Park was going to lean more into the horror elements, right? I think we talked about this last year when we did the original Jurassic Park movie on the show. But mm-hmm. one of the things I really liked about the novel, and I don't know that, the, that there's certain parts of it that the movies have never captured, is there was a there was more of a horror vibe around some of the dinosaur kills and uh, some of the scenes in Jurassic Park, even the novel, right? Like to oh, this day, totally. Like the who was it? Was it the lawyer Gennaro? Mm-hmm. again that was the that's the most vivid one i remember at least at the moment that death scene was way more gruesome in the book than it is in the movie mm, yeah well i think so Gennaro in the movie is actually a character a different character in the novel and the uh 
the Gennaro-like character in the novel is actually killed by like a juvenile T-Rex. So not a fully grown T-Rex and it's actually really brutal. There's there's some brutal scenes in it. Uh, the Dilophosaur that kills Nedry is actually like nine feet tall. That's and... terrifying, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So it's there's there's stuff in the novel that's that's different. And so I was very excited about this movie because like, yeah, like we're gonna get some horror stuff. Um, you know, we're gonna dip more into the kind of like because th- what Jurassic World did, one of my favorite scenes from Jurassic World, uh, with the Indominus Rex, right? Where you had the camouflage scene that comes from the trees. That is very, I think that's a Carnotaurus scene specifically from The Lost World, uh, the novel, where like, you know, it, it wasn't, they, people weren't even aware that the Carnotauruses that were on site B were able to camouflage. <laughs> like, and, and, and it, it was almost like an unintended thing that happened, right? Isn't so there's a good, World? like, yeah the novel so if you ever read the novel for the lost world it is night and day difference from the movie mostly because i've heard yeah i've heard mostly because the book was being written around the same time i'm not going to say that the book is great but it does have some scenes in it that are really good and uh didn't Crichton write that like on his deathbed like didn't he write lost (laughs) he didn't write it on his deathbed but he kind of like rushed through it because Spielberg had decided yeah, he to was come dying. back and do another one. <laughs> That's why he rushed through it. <laughs> but um, so yeah, and what I did know about this movie is that this movie was kind of going to dip into that John Sayles script that we talked about uh, when we did. I, I don't know if Jurassic Park Jurassic. Three, baby. Yeah, when we did Jurassic Park Three, we <laughs> originally talked about what they were going to do for Jurassic Park Four. And I, it's important to bring that up because I actually think that the Jurassic Park 4 script is going to be very relevant to where this franchise goes and where it's going in the future. Um, but the John Sayles script was, a, there were uh, sections of it about dinosaurs going to the mainland. In fact, the opening of the written script was going to be like, pterosaurs like attacking a baseball game (laughs) and there was another piece of the not of that script that talked that they created a kind of like former you know army character or marine character who ends up basically becoming owen in uh in jurassic world Mm -hmm. um they had a character who was like him and at some point in the novel, in the script, I keep saying novel, but at some point in the script, he gets kidnapped by uh, some rich geneticist. And I think it's for, in the script, it's a competing geneticist uh, with Hammond at the time, except what they did is that they created human dinosaur hybrids. Fuck and that- yeah, dude. <laughs> And they were supposed to be using those, like they were basically genetically modifying and building these hybrids so that they could be used as like combat weapons. And uh, it's like the 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 art, like the proposed like art for what these like hybrid monsters were going to look like was it's really wild. It's on the internet, so look Look, at dino hybrids. Yeah, look at Dino Hybrids for Jurassic Park Four online. You'll see you'll see them in Google searches, and they look like it looks it looks like something out of a Verhoeven movie. But um, 
it, it was so wild. But it, what, what's interesting about it is that there's a piece Ew! of it. <laughs> they look so gross. <laughs> I'll try. I'll find pictures of it and then we'll post it on the Instagram page so people can have a reference point for what we're talking about. Yeah, there's like a there's like a ti- there's like a fucking triceratops dude walking on his bad kind legs and shit. Yeah, <laughs> this is so trippy looking. <laughs> oh no! I gotta delete it. <laughs> I'm freaking myself out. <laughs> But the other thing about this script, too, is that uh, there's a portion of it that takes place at a castle that belongs to this uh, Hammond competitor that uh, that was kidnapping this Marine so that he can get him to train these dino hybrids. And there's elements of that that end up in the Jurassic World script. So the Owen character training the Raptors, which include Blue, and the Vincent D'Onofrio character, like those were all bits of the John Sale script that comes out, right? And this one actually gives you the other half of that script in that there's a portion of this that takes place as opposed to a castle. It's a giant northern california mansion estate whatever i stand uh, that, by that as what i said that that estate is the generic one we, we see in x-men first class and the kingsman and all those weird movies <laughs> kind of like how like the the mansion that that uh that is used for batman begins is the same mansion that's used for the orgy in eyes wide <laughs> shut that's right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. So so you know, it's it's I I can't really do it justice just describing it here in 5 seconds. <laughs> so definitely check it out. We'll post pictures of it on on the IG page. But that that all just brings us to this movie this week uh, that we're talking about which is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You want to you want me to give the quick and dirty of Jurassic World and how that led us to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Yep. All right. So Big things to take away is that in the Jurassic World universe, no one ever learns from the mistakes of Mr. Hammond. <laughs> so what ends up happening is that another company ends up purchasing up all the assets of Jurassic uh, Park. And this is supposed to be about, what, 20 years into the future. Um, so obviously in real time. And at this point, this other company that was owned by Angel will remember the name. Masrani. Uh, uh, yeah, Simon Masrani, who's pretty much like, imagine your eclectic, you know, billionaire philanthropist guy. Uh, yeah. guy Basically, like you're Musk. like, you're very likely Middle Eastern energy baron that has companies in the United States. <laughs> it's pretty much the, the vibe that I got off the Masrani character in Jurassic yeah. World. Exactly. So pretty much Masrani Court buys up... Uh, you know Hammond's holdings and buys up everything and their idea is that they're going to do everything that um that Hammond was supposed to do but better of course no one learns from their mistakes uh they even go as far as to hiring Dr. Henry Wu as kind of like the the lead geneticist on the project again but the thing is Masrani wasn't much like John Hammond was not worried about making them realistic, making these creatures um, actually like biologically accurate, but making them, and I think Henry Wu says it best, giving them more teeth. They want to make something that's entertainment because that's the focus of Jurassic World. They end up hiring ex-Navy SEAL 
and resident badass that is Owen Grady, who's played by Chris Pratt, who uh, ends up training a lot of the dinosaurs, mostly the raptors. Uh, he has a pack of raptors uh, led by Blue, who is the alpha. And Bryce Dallas Howard plays Claire Deering, who is the kind of op- general operations manager of the park of Jurassic World. So she's, nothing happens on the park without her knowing. So while there is a subplot about her kids, I'm sorry, her, uh, her nephews, uh, they don't really matter as far as Fallen Kingdom goes. <laughs> I think Fallen Kingdom deposits some side characters that are way more likable than those two pieces of crap. <laughs> So anyway, what ends up happening is uh, they find, you know, we get introduced to a new hybrid uh, dinosaur created by Wu using uh, Raptor and T-Rex DNA, which is the Indominus Rex, which for some reason, some asshole thought it was a great idea to give it camouflage. <laughs> so, and also giving it, uh, essentially not having it raised by a mother, which made it completely antisocial and a, and a natural born killer. Well, and as things always happen, the dinosaurs end up escaping. The Irex ends up tearing its way across Jurassic World, and it becomes a mad dash for survival. Uh, eventually, with the help of uh, Blue and a T-Rex, uh, Owen and Claire are able to uh, fight off the Indominus Rex, having it killed by, I forgot what the dinosaur was. Um, some random big old dinosaur that gives me thalassophobia. <laughs> <laughs> oh the you're talking about the mosasaurus oh my god so what ends up happening is the irex gets killed by the or the indominus rex ends up getting killed by the uh mosasaurus ending the imminent danger however the humans end up uh evacuating the island uh le- leaving it as a loss now jurassic world becoming or isla nubler specifically becoming just a land of the dinosaurs naturally living and experiencing their own uh natural habitat Mm-hmm. which now takes us to this film which now takes place three years after um after the 2015 jurassic world at this point there has been the ethical or you know it brought up the dilemma of the ethical treatment of dinosaurs whether humans have any right to intervene on um you know the, these creatures if they should be treated as uh endangered species uh, going so far as to bring back even Ian Malcolm f- because of his experience with uh, f- uh, the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park 1 and 2, which kind of sets the stage for the rest of the film. So, Angel, take it away. So this movie opens up, uh, I guess, th- in real time, which is 2018, three years after the events of Jurassic World. Uh, there's like a small, I guess it's called, like they call it a mercenary team in Wiki. <laughs> But they go to the abandoned uh, Jurassic World site, uh, which is that specifically that area around where the Mosasaurus is. Uh, And the reason why they're in that section is because they're looking to get one of the bone samples from the Indominus Rex. And uh, for those people like me who are in the know of the movie coming out, we knew that the Indoraptor was going to be the hybrid monster in this movie. So you're led to believe that the Indominus Rex bone was stolen so that to help this company, this non-Ingen company, uh, create a version of the Indoraptor. Totally not Ingen, guys. <laughs> Even but, though Ingen did the exact same thing. Well, in the in the novels, the company that Dennis Nedry is getting the embryos from, and even in the movie, in, in Jurassic Park, the movie, they don't say the name of the company that Lewis Dodgson works for, 
But in the Jurassic Park novel, they note that the company is called Biosyn. And uh, one of the subplots of the Lost World novel is actually Biosyn employees coming onto the Site B island mm-hmm. to try to look for live dinosaur samples so that they can take now that John Hammond has died. So it, it, this, this, again, it's a competing genetics company. Um, they are looking to, for unknown reasons, they are looking to uh, acquire these uh, DNA samples of the Indominus Rex. But mm-hmm. when you talk about your thalassophobia, <laughs> I think the beginning is, is definitely a great place to start because they're in one of those little mini robotic sub things. And right behind them in the darkness of the sea is the massive Mosasaurus. And very few dinosaurs would frighten me. I mean, like, dinosaurs would make me shit my pants. I was about to say, don't be a fucking badass. But uh, I'm talking about the dinosaur that would most frighten me on this earth is probably something like Mosasaurus. Because if you think about something like Godzilla, you know that Godzilla is not really physically possible because just based on the laws of gravity like Godzilla would literally crumble under his own weight (laughs) Um, but because this massive Muto monster (laughs) basically exists in the ocean uh, the physics check out so it really is it really can be like the most massive frightening monster you've ever seen in your entire life it can literally be three times bigger than a blue whale with way more teeth. And it's like just the fear of being around something so massive that you feel so infinitesimally small is terrifying. And then you put that in water. It's like, fuck you. Well, you know, the funny thing is, again, we talked about the fact that this movie is now being directed by a horror director. And I think that's important to note because you see this, you see this dinosaur in Jurassic World. You know, and then there's the scene in Jurassic World where it's like those like Sea World kind of like events where they show it like eating a great white shark. <laughs> and it's like in Jurassic World, it's like corny and kind of made me laugh. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, of course, it's going to be something that eats the great white shark because this thing has to be even scarier than it. But the fact that this movie is literally just presenting it inside of the ocean and that's your introduction to it and just plays off the fear that many people have. I would include myself in this as well as, uh, you know, people who fear like the massive unknown, which is the deep sea. (laughs) It is highly frightening uh, to think about it. And even then, like there's the scene where once they've retrieved uh, the sample that they're looking for, uh behind one of the mercenaries in the dark as the lightning is starting to kind of like you know like as you starting to see lightning that's where you can see the t-rex and mm-hmm. i love the way that 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 scene unfolds i think it's the best like it's the scariest t-rex scene i've ever seen in a jurassic park or jurassic world movie and if you read the description in jurassic park of the novel you know if you read the description of the of the main road scene where the T-Rex attacks the two cars outside of its own cage. That is how in the book it's described as everything is pitch black. And the only time that they can really see the T-Rex is when like the thunder crashes. And uh, so this is very much like it's a manifestation of the main road scene from the novel coming to life. And it really is frightening that he's trying, you know, this guy's trying to get away from the T-Rex 
uh, they hop on that escape helicopter and the T-Rex is biting the ladder uh, that hangs off the helicopter. And once he finally frees, he frees himself. This guy feels like he's in the clear and the pilot and everything. They're like, all right, cool. We're safe. Next thing you know, the massive Mosasaurus jumps out of the ocean to take a bite out of the ladder. And this guy is dead as disco. They have zero problem offing people in this movie, and it is freaking crazy. Like, you know, when we were watching um, Jurassic World, like, when people got offed and they were killed by dinosaurs, there was very few times where you got to see it on screen, and it happened so fast that it was like, you you didn't really register what happened, because it's PG-13 violence, right? Well, this movie makes a lot more use out of the shadows and dark. Like, I feel like this movie does a really good job of concealing the gore and leaving so much up to your, uh, like, imagination Mm -hmm. that they have zero problem dispatching people so, like, so just suddenly. And they do it in such a fantastic way. This can only be done by someone that understands horror, in my opinion. (laughs) This entire opening scene was fantastic. I thought it was great how they played with lighting, like you said. Um, I don't know if they were drawing on inspiration from that scene in the in the novel, but I love the fact that the, the lightning was the only source of light. And it made the T-Rex, like, it made the T-Rex terrifying again. Like, and, I'll, and, I, and I'll kind of spill the beans on that because I read interviews with J.A. Bayona leading up to, the, up to the movie, and he specifically said that he wanted to go back to the original Crichton novels for inspiration on some of the stuff in the in his movie that makes sense then that makes that makes sense why he got a lot of like a lot of those scenes a lot of those little um ideas from the film mm-hmm. i mean sorry from the novel i'm still scene. i'm still crossing my fingers that that dominion is going to be the movie that finally gives me my River t-rex chase yeah my t-rex river chase scene that the entire jurassic park ride was based on imagine so. seeing that on uh on like imax or some shit that will shit your pants <laughs> yeah no kidding but um yeah so the the that that entire scene was fantastic uh what i want to say about the tyrannosaur before we move on though is that we you know you gotta remember then jurassic world the Tyrannosaur is like introduced, but it's kind of like an afterthought compared to the Irex until you really need it to be the quote unquote hero of the film. Um, because it stands up and it go and it fights the Irex. Um, so we go well, almost they, the entire movie not really seeing the Tyrannosaurus. So seeing it in this movie, having it reintroduced and to go from the bad guy, quote, I mean, sorry, the good guy, quote unquote, to the like indifferent killing machine that it really is really jarring and i thought it was really well done <laughs> you know what though I, what i've always liked about jurassic park and the t-rex is that the t-rex has always been like that the t-rex has always been kind of the anti-hero <laughs> you know like if, if if characters get in its way it will eat them uh in the lost world it eats hammond's grandson or yeah this is hammond's like shit ass son i guess or or nephew (laughs) in the third in the third one unfortunately he's not featured because the spino takes over for that no because the spino's like i'm gonna kill the t-rex and then um, so many people were pissed oh that movie sucked hey shut up (laughs) shut your mouth but uh this but yeah the what i liked about what jurassic world did is that it kind of 
it, it like you said, it made the T-Rex uh, the good guy, but it also made raptors more benevolent, which is something that I could not have possibly imagined. And I think even at the end of this movie, one of the things that's kind of funny is I think the T-Rex is just one of those characters that comes around and dispenses justice whenever it's needed. Like, it's just like some of the most despicable characters. The T-Rex just shows up to eat them and walk away. In, um what's or what's interesting to me is the to care it's hard to characterize animals and i think godzilla does it the best for obvious reasons because godzilla is like the main character right but i think that they like they especially do it in 2014 godzilla where or where they make chonkzilla as i love to call him (laughs) you know they make him super ambivalent to humans where it's like at best he is in or at best he's indifferent at worst he is actually out to get us (laughs) but it's the same thing with the t-rex where it's like this t-rex is literally just there doesn't care about humans like you said unless they get in the way but i do like that idea that it just shows up for like it will kill 90 percent random characters until it comes to the, your main human villain of the movie <laughs> yeah. out of its way to murder that person well yeah in jurassic world it kills the dinosaur villain and in this movie it kills the human villain <laughs> So, oh, man. yeah, once we get past this really awesome scene, we come to figure out where our characters from Jurassic World are. Our two main characters, which is Claire, uh, played by um, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Owen, played by Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of Jurassic World, you basically are left to assume that they like ended up together and they were going to be happily ever after. But in this, you kind of find out that in the three years that have gone by, they kind of tried to give it a shot, but ever since they left the island, they both went off in different directions. They Owen... just can't work together. They just like <laughs> can't make it work. Because I remember the big thing in Jurassic World was that Owen took Claire on a date, didn't go well, and now they like begrudgingly work partners because of like, you know, they, they just got to get over the weird awkwardness that they tried to date. And it's like now they go and they give it a shot and it's like these people are just just stop trying to get together whenever you get together there's fucking dinosaurs attacking okay (laughs) but the claire character in the three years since jurassic world has now become more of a uh dinosaur rights activist (laughs) she has an entire like not what looks like like a non-profit activist group where all their like trying to do is find a way to safely get these dinosaurs off the island because surprise there is a volcano on the island that's going to completely obliterate it and you know the first thing i think of when i see something like that is why would you ever build a theme park on an island with such a volatile volcano (laughs) like did no one do any research to find out hey is this is this volcano super actually dead like, should we find that out before we invest a, like shit zillion dollars into putting dinosaurs yeah, on? Yeah, because if this would have happened like when the Jurassic World theme park was open, it's like you are opening the floodgates for an apocalyptic amount of legal problems. <laughs> because everyone knows volcanoes just happen to, on a whim, just explode whenever they feel like it. <laughs> so Claire ends up going to the, uh, I guess this guy who his name is benjamin lockwood Mm -hmm. 
And Lockwood, uh, you come to find out in this movie, was the original business partner of John Hammond. And the funny thing with Lockwood ends up being that even though he's the guy who like has the ominous name, as you said, <laughs> he actually will surprisingly end up not being the main human villain in this. I know. That, that's, uh, there's so many villains in this movie. <laughs> well, that uh, that honor is going to go to... Uh, Eli Mills is his name. That's also a pretty good uh, (laughs) villain name. It's kind of a good nerdy (laughs) villain name. Yeah, but so the Eli character actually ends up recruiting uh, Claire to assist him in getting dinosaurs off the island. So it, it, I guess, Claire's Claire's group, her activist group, is trying to get the dinosaurs off the island to save them. Because if they die, those are the last dinosaurs remaining on Earth, right? And it, let's oh, just no, remember. Well, for the sake of anything, let's just remember these aren't exactly dinosaurs, right? We've talked about it in the other Jurassic Park movies that we've done. Mm-hmm. That these are, you know, the character of um, uh, the B.D. Wong character of Henry Wu. Like he says it yeah. in the original novel that these aren't actually dinosaurs. These are. It, it, what he called artist approximations of what we think dinosaurs look like. Very good way of putting it, honestly. Right. But in this movie, it's dinosaurs for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so this guy ends up telling Claire that, hey, we get dinosaurs off the island, we'll put them on this other island that doesn't have a doomsday <laughs> volcano on it. And, we did uh, a lot of intensive research. There are absolutely zero volcanoes on this island. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, you know, we get the dinosaurs off this island. We'll take them to this island and then they'll be safe forever and uh, they're free to live their own lives. Well, the idea but, is they can't save all the dinosaurs either. They, ha- they can only save up to nine different species, right? right? So Claire, assuming that conservation is just as good, um, she agrees. Uh, she agrees to help out on this expedition. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, it's like, even though the part that doesn't make sense in this is if you go by the original Jurassic Park and if you go by what's, you know, in maybe also in the original Jurassic World, one of the things that these dinosaurs were genetically engineered to do was not breed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and um well i guess it, i guess jurassic park dispels it right they fill in the gene sequence gaps with frogs and then because they use frog dna that's what allows the dinosaurs to start to start having kids right whatever yep. <laughs> he sounds so annoyed by that like like you well, want the logical flaw there <laughs> no it's, it's it's just one of those things that like i i don't know it bugs me and maybe yeah. i'm just too much of a nerd about it but yeah you're going to be the only one <laughs> <laughs> because we all know how much of a dinosaur expert you are <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway so so claire agrees and they say you know why don't you bring owen with you and uh, she tries to get Owen to... This is essentially kind of the, the premise to Steven, Steven Spielberg's The Lost World, right? Mm-hmm. It, which is like the idea was to... Hammond wanted to study dinosaurs on the, on the second island mm-hmm. so that the government would, I guess, leave them alone and make it restricted so that the dinosaurs could live in peace. And then Hammond's like dipshit nephew... Uh, 
wanted to take dinosaurs off that island island so that he can create a Jurassic Park Coliseum in San Diego. <laughs> First of all, rad. I would totally watch that. <laughs> Dinosaur death fights. Fuck yeah. Second of all, yeah, that, that it's essentially a rehash of the it's essentially a rehash of the story of Jurassic Park 2. Yeah. Except in this, except in the last one, it was them trying to bring Jeff Goldblum back. And they end up like sending his girlfriend first, which he says, no, she cannot go. Like he's the reluctant member that goes back to the island. In mm-hmm. this one, it's Owen that's the reluctant person that's going back to the island. And that's a uh, recurring theme in the Jurassic Park series or the Jurassic series because it's the same thing happened to Alan Grant, where yeah. the only reason he went in Jurassic Park 3 was because he was like, yeah, but money? Yeah, well, you know, that's it, it's a conceit of these movies. There's only so yep. many ways that you can try to force people to get on a dinosaur island. Yep. <laughs> and and like, you know you know what? I was really surprised because I think I mentioned it that I really thought it was going to, when we were watching it, I mentioned that I thought it was going to be Claire that would be the one that would never want to go back and it would be Owen that would be the one that wants to work on dinosaur conservation because he spent so much time training these dinosaurs. But as we find out, Owen wants nothing to do with any dino island ever again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's Claire is the one that actually cares about saving these like slights against God. So it's a nice <laughs> like it, it, it's it's a nice uh, subverting your expectations as an audience member because you automatically assume that the person to be more active and to get the ball rolling as far as the plot the plot goes would be Owen. So well, in, like in Spielberg's in Spielberg's Lost World, uh, Hammond is the character that goes from being the capitalist. To all of a sudden, he becomes like a dino rights activist. So, so mm-hmm. this is it, it's playing the same notes. It, it's playing some of the same notes as the Lost World. It's playing some of the same notes as the John Sayles script, and it's also playing some of the same notes as, you know, the Jurassic Park novel. <laughs> but um, okay, so she goes to Owen. They have a conversation about why they couldn't be together and all that kind of stuff. But eventually, Ooh, let me drive. Yeah, eventually after we get through their couples banter, which you know I I like the their characters enough, you know, but I definitely am not anywhere near as invested in them as I was the characters from the original Jurassic Park trilogy. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert for those who don't know, uh, one of the things that I'm looking forward to in Dominion is all of the characters from the original Jurassic Park are coming back. <gasps> not know this i did not know this oh okay yeah sam neil um uh laura dern uh and uh jeff goldblum are all gonna be coming back yes alan grant (laughs) telling you man there's there's two kinds of people in this world people that thought alan grant was awesome and people that are wrong all right so uh getting onto the island claire brings her ragtag team of people that come with her one of them is uh franklin uh webb franklin webb who is like the tech guy you know the he's the lovable nerd guy he's for those of you that don't know it's the kid that plays the main character in uh detective pikachu angel had to point that out for me while we were watching it yeah (laughs) also a fantastic movie i would love to review that one day um but yeah he's pretty much the tech dude he's the one that is going to be in charge of reactivating the online tracking system 
Uh, because essentially the plan is the way they get Owen back on is that they tell him that Blue is still alive, and right. then using um and that using Claire's uh bio signature because her handprints will activates all the symptoms because she was so high up in the uh in the chain. Um, they can reactivate the online tracking systems, and that way the recovery teams can go and pick up all the dinosaurs they needed. So that's what Franklin Webb was going to be doing. They also uh, get a paleo veterinarian by the name of Zia Rodriguez, who her job is to make sure all the dinosaurs are, are fit and healthy for transport and they're able to move them to the new site, the new dinosaur island. And this entire operation is led by the mercenary team leader, Ken Wheatley, also known as Angel's dad. <laughs> All right, so for some reason, we tend to have a running joke that that especially later day Ted Levine just looks like my dad. It's <laughs> and, like, uh, oh, what was his name? The dad from uh, Psych? Yeah, the dad from Psych also looks like my dad. <laughs> if there is a, uh, if there is an older balding gentleman that berates the younger people, we usually say it's my uncle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, so this movie has 100% more Ted Levine in it than any other movie in the previous Jurassic Park uh, series. But it, funny enough, like, when I saw Ted Levine in this, I actually didn't even recognize him. It's been so no, long since I've so seen different. him in something. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen him in anything. I was just like, yeah, I was like, I, like, I feel like, I was like, is that Ted Levine? I was like, no, no, it can't be. That doesn't look like him, but it sounds like him. And then, yeah, later I discovered it is, in fact, Ted Levine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he is the evil mercenary in this, I-, I would just call it. You know, like, he's the, all right, well, I'm not here for you nerds. I'm, you know, it's kind of, he, he kind of reminds me of the Pete Postleswite character from Lost World. Mm-hmm. Roland, uh, except, you know, he this guy, from the beginning, seems a lot more scummy and... <laughs> at least like the character that Pottle Swipe played in, in Lost World was more of a hunter and you felt like you know he's just he felt more like a mercenary he's like I'm just here to do what I need to do and, and hunt my T-Rex and get out of here whereas like this guy feels like not only would he hunt your dinosaurs down but he's also could be a raging pervert at the same time <laughs> Maybe he might even have sex with the said dinosaur to prove his dominance <laughs> Would you fuck me? Would you I'd fuck, fuck me. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I knew we couldn't get away with this without making a fucking Buffalo Bill reference. Oh my god, yeah. We made the mistake of watching this movie together and both of us spent an insane amount of time like just doing Buffalo Bill impressions. <laughs> At one point, we made the T-Rex have a Buffalo Bill <laughs> Right. I, I feel so bad for Ted Levine because, like, that's all he's gonna be asked to do. Well, I'm sure he's probably happy to be like, you know, have one like well-known character that will be remembered forever. But yeah, but it just happens to be the one that was modeled after Ed Gein. <laughs> yeah. All right, but these guys again, these guys are all on Isla's Nublar. Uh, they all do what you said they were gonna do: uh, capture the dinosaurs and. As is the case in all of these Jurassic Park movies, something goes wrong. Except in this one, what goes wrong is that they discover that, uh, you know, that uh, the Mills character was in fact leading them onto the island, not to capture dinosaurs, to move them to a safer island, 
but to capture them and bring them back to Lockwood's estate so that they could end up auctioning them off to the highest bidder. And uh, capitalist bastard. <laughs> yeah. So they, I guess they end up at the shooting Owen with like some sort of tranquilizer dart. Yep. And <laughs> which is like re- this ridiculous scene of him rolling away from the like oncoming the lava. lava. <laughs> it's which, the you know, slowest chase scene ever. <laughs> which I love that, but there's so many people that I know that watch this movie that were not crazy about it. I um, guess it's kind of out of place because it's like the stakes are so fucking high in that not only could he die, but also Claire and uh, what's his name? Uh, Franklin can die and like Blue has been captured it is I understand that it is kind of a weird place to put some slapstick comedy but also I'm like I'm fine with it It, it, personally like I felt like it lightens the mood a little bit it's like it doesn't this movie doesn't have to be self-serious all the damn time (laughs) basically a bunch of shit happens these guys This team turns on uh, Owen and Claire and Claire's team. Um, they basically leave uh, Claire and what's the other guy's name? Goodness. Franklin? What's Detective Pikachu Boy's name? Franklin? Franklin. Do you not hear me? Oh, I can't hear you now. No, this is not what I, I wanted. Been- so Claire and Franklin are basically left to die. Uh, Zia is left with the sex pervert that is Ted Levine's character. Um, <laughs> well, I'm naturally going to assume there's going to be a sex pervert in every movie now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, once Owen gets free, and uh, I, I don't even remember how it happens. There's just so much shit happens at once. But Owen somehow ends up linking back up with Claire and Franklin. Uh, they end up going into one of those gyrospheres from Jurassic World. That's yeah, all, that's like cool. the as surprise, surprise, and the island is now exploding. It is time for everyone to run off the island as quickly as possible, and including the dinosaurs. Like a, yeah, no, it's kind of like a play on the stampede scene from Jurassic Park One, except it's every single species of dinosaur trying to escape and survive, and. Uh, this movie actually ends up doing something I was not anticipating, which was mass dinosaur murder or mass dinosaur death. Uh, yeah, I bet you didn't think you were going to see mass dino genocide, did you? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, it kind of reminds me of, okay, so the original Jurassic Park novel, at the end of that novel, What's it called? Like at the end of the movie, you're just led to believe that the characters get off the island and that's it. But in the Jurassic Park novel, the Costa Rican government napalms the island and all the dinosaurs are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking scorch earth. (laughs) (laughs) The Costa Rican government was not playing around. (laughs) What is this? There's dinosaurs on our islands. Yeah, they were not fucking with any of you. Don't worry, we'll take care of this. No, it's okay, America. We we have enough explosives for this. <laughs> Nate Palm happens to be our number one export. <laughs> so that's kind of what this made me think of watching like this giant like cauldron of dinosaurs dying. Uh, it's really tragic. The gyrosphere falls off. 
the, the some cliff and falls into the water in some ridiculous scene where Owen has to try to save them. But as they're in the gyrosphere, there's all these like dinosaurs that have now fallen to their death in the water and are drowning. And, Except uh, for the brachiosaurs, I mean, technically they should be able to survive. <laughs> well, I mean, with their long ass neck. Yeah, but the ocean is so deep. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> don't remind me how terrifying the ocean is. I don't need your help for that. The Mosasaurus uh, I mean, survived for sure because we saw it escape at the very beginning of the movie. Oh my god, imagine if they all got attacked by the Mosasaurus. <laughs> that, that would end the movie on a terrible note. But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Owen, no, ends up, Owen ends up breaking them out of the gyrosphere by shooting a gun. <laughs> I asked him nicely with my gun. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's I, I can't really break do the it's scene any justice standard, breaking it down. Watch it. And, it's your standard action movie scene. You got to watch it to to really enjoy what's going on because there's a lot of stuff that happens. Like it's very it, it it's very much like meant to be your summer you know your your summer box office like blockbuster scene where it's like you know they got to outrun the lava. They're stuck in this uh, stampede of dinos, and then they got to race against time to get back on the ship as it's the only one it's the only ship left leaving isla nubler as it burns to the ground in volcanic like apocalypse mm-hmm. um you know uh always i also want to point out i'm i know i try not to be nitpicky but for some reason it really bothered me that owen was like he was like he was completely covered in volcanic ash and i'm like he should be dead I'm not a doctor, but something tells me that should be very hot to breathe, and he shouldn't breathe, and he, he should be dead. But, you know, movie magic, who cares? He's our hero. Um, <laughs> so what ends up happening is um, Franklin, uh, Franklin, Claire, and Owen uh, manage to get their way down, back down to the pier. They, After a harrowing, like, escape where Claire has to ramp <laughs> has to ramp a truck onto the ship, they manage to make it before it leaves. <laughs> No, this oh. this I feel like th- this is the portion of the script where it was just people like saying, like coming up with different stupid ass ideas of what was happening. It's just kind of like, all right, well, this is where Claire is gonna fucking get in a truck and drive it off a ramp and land on the boat as the as the brachiosaur is like being burned alive on the island. You know what's and- funny? We shit on this here. But we fucking loved it. Too fast, too furious. So you need to fucking check yourself, fool. I'm not. No, I don't hate this stuff. Just because I said it's stupid doesn't mean I hate it. <laughs> too fast, too furious is infinitely more stupid than this, and I still enjoy it. I want someone to isolate that, and we got to put that like on a shirt. Just because it's stupid doesn't mean I hate it. Yeah, come on. Stupidity is not the bar as to whether or not I like something. I like lots of stupid shit. <laughs> Man, maybe we should rename the show Do We Like Stupid? Because <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once we get onto this boat, they're basically like hiding on the boat now. Uh, like they have to disguise themselves as, as members of the crew because Zia is the only one that's technically still supposed to be on the boat. Yeah, everyone apparently left Owen, Claire, and Franklin to die, so they assume they're all dead at this point. Mm-hmm. So Zia's been working on trying to keep Blue alive, and uh, they find out Blue needs a blood transfusion. Or right, because, because Blue was shot by a gun. Yeah. <laughs> by a big-ass gun. 
<laughs> so uh zia i forgot how they how they come down to the realization but at one point someone says uh let's get t-rex blood because i think like do they explain why they needed t-rex blood Mm-mm. like was it the closest to raptor blood was that something i never thought i would say raptor blood <laughs> <laughs> well i think the yeah, ad like they, they they have some bizarre explanation about it but i guess there's they're close enough in blood i whatever it's it's stupid movie science let's just go with it shut up We're... inject me with t-rex blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh no, that was the joke we kept making where I was like, oh, so you can just inject other species of blood into you and you'll like get their powers. (laughs) And I was like, I want gorilla blood. And then you were like, dies. Gets injected with gorilla blood, instantly dies. Uh, Oh, and you know, unfortunately, that didn't happen to Blue. That would be really dark, even for this film. Yeah, but basically, you get this next like scene where Claire and Owen have to uh, take this this like needle and shove it inside a T Rex (laughs) so that they can extract its blood. And what's really cool is like this. This was the scene where Javi and I like basically had a conversation about this. But one of the things that was neat about this movie, as opposed to Jurassic World, the first one was that they opted for more practical effects here whereas i believe jurassic world was almost all cgi for the for the mm. bigger dinosaurs this one we did have the animatro- the return of the animatronic t-rex um if we remember correctly animatronic t-rexes are way more terrifying than, <laughs> than actual t-rexes because if we go back to i believe it was in jurassic park that was one of the big things is that the t-rex there got super soaked and so it would move involuntarily, like out of control. Yeah. Of the dino, like handlers, which yeah. just makes it so terrifying to think about. I'm just saying, <laughs> the T Rex from Tammy and the T Rex never gave them problems. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, be- they they took better care of that T Rex because it was their only, because <laughs> the only reason they created that movie was so that they could feature it. <laughs> Go back and. Listen to our episode on Tammy the T Rex. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, you know they extract this T Rex blood as the T Rex is waking up, and somehow they are able to just close it on the T Rex, and the T Rex never breaks out. So they go back into the tent that Blue is in, and they inject Blue with T Rex blood, and Blue might live or die. Who knows? But anyway, mm. we're back now at the Lockwood Estate, where all these dinosaurs are being put into cages. So it's basically like a giant dino prison <laughs> and featuring Owen and Claire. And then upstairs, that's where we find out that Mills's grand plot is actually evil shit. And, uh, you know, he is he has his equally evil looking assistant that's with him. Uh, so we already know where this is going. Uh, Mr. Are... Eversole, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, like you were saying, they were planning to sell the uh, dinosaurs to the highest bidder via the black market. Throughout the film, we're given scenes that include Lockwood's uh, goddaughter, oh no, granddaughter, sorry, uh, by the name of Maisie. And we get random scenes where it's deposited that, uh, you know, she's related and that her mother died in a car accident. And that she's like the only child being raised by her grandmother, her grandparents at this point. And I forgot what the name of the uh, caretaker is, 
But Maisie, honestly, is kind of an inconsequential character for most of the film until we get a giant bomb dropped. <laughs> but she's the one that actually overhears the um, the the plan between uh, Mills and the auctioneer, uh, who then they end up locking her in her room, I believe. And is that where they do the giant the big reveal for her, or is it later on? No, it's a little bit later on. Okay, so here we do get introduce after Maisie encounters the to uh the indoraptor so it's supposed to be a, a new dinosaur created by henry Wu, which is more which is using indominus rex dna as well as velociraptor dna which my understanding was the in the indominus rex already had a bunch um a bunch of uh raptor dna so i'm assuming it's just more raptor than uh t-rex at this point um but they want essentially the idea is that they want blue the the reason why blue was so important for the recovery team was that they want blue to imprint on the into the the indoraptor so that it can raise uh the raptor so it doesn't become what the irex was in jurassic world right i think i got that right yes they wanted they they basically we've learned from our mistake the last time and this time we want to give it some sort of familial connection so that it will learn empathy, which I don't understand, right? Like, I don't understand what Henry Wu thinks this is. <laughs> well, like, what, they, what they thought with the Indo or what they thought with the Indominus was that because it was only raised, uh, it was never socialized because it never had another dinosaur that it could socialize with. Because remember, they said I think there was two two in uh, Irexes, and the moment they were brought in together because they were never socialized from a young age, one killed the other, and so the idea is that uh, they want to avoid that happening with the Indoraptor. So Blue was going to help it socialize and reacclimate it to being around other carnivores. But the idea is that you can never really do that with any of these creatures because again, they're not dinosaurs. <laughs> So uh, what ends up happening there is I believe they want to, or yeah, so that's why Wu needs the blood. Um, So when Maisie, uh, when she ends up meeting Lockwood and she uh, tells him about that she knows about the, um, about the, uh, the auction, that's when he ends up locking her up and i believe man why am i like yeah so that's when uh mills mills ends up killing lockwood after Maisie tells him right and then at that point yeah and if you didn't think he was a villain before now you really know he's the villain of the movie because he literally smothers an old man to death yeah like it's it, it takes a pretty heavy turn from here on out. <laughs> Mills ends up killing... Uh, yeah, Mills kills Lockwood, smothers him to death, and then Mills reveals to Maisie that she's actually a genetically engineered clone of Lockwood's daughter. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, I swear I thought we were going to get some sort of reveal that she was going to be the dino hybrid from the original sales script. <laughs> she just turns into a raptor girl. <laughs> like animorphs or something (laughs) oh my god that sounds rad 
Uh, Animorphs reference in 2021. Uh, in this economy? <laughs> so this is why it was revealed that Hammond and Lockwood actually severed ties. It's because Lockwood started going into human cloning. So, surprise, motherfuckers, there's clones in this world suddenly. <laughs> well, you know what? The original Jurassic Park novel is essentially a... Uh, it's a cautionary tale warning against the dangers of unregulated genetic modification. Mm-hmm. I.e., I believe at this time it was the CRISPR technology, you know, like when they were like growing ears on rats and stuff like that. And the idea is, you know, let's, we cannot, we cannot allow genetic research to go, uh, you know, on completely un, how do I put it? Uh, unregulated. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess the reason why Hammond and Lockwood have a, you know, full on disagreement or difference of opinion is because Lockwood is actually less, I'd say he's less ethical than even Hammond is by cloning human beings. So John Hammond's been playing God, but he severs ties with Lockwood, who was playing God even harder. <laughs> It's like the, it's like Hammond was like, man, yeah, what I did was fucked, but you brought back a little girl. What the fuck, man? <laughs> because, and that's really fucked up. Like, it's one of those things where it's like the way that's dropped into the film, like, more power to Maisie because she handles learning she's a clone very easily. <laughs> she's just yeah, like, like yeah. I would expect someone to have a complete meltdown and like run out of the Lazarus pit screaming. <laughs> Uh, Jason Todd references in 2021. <laughs> nah, actually, that's not a dated one. That's not as bad as Animorphs. Oh, man. So, oh, sorry about that. So, yeah, at that point, um, they they managed to get uh, Zia free by they, I mean, uh, Franklin, Owen, and Claire. Uh, and that Franklin and Claire managed to escape, but Owen and Claire get um no Franklin and Zia get managed to escape. Owen and Claire get captured, and Owen using the help of a oh, I'm gonna butcher this dinosaur name a Stygiomoloch Stygiomoloch is pretty much one of those tiny dinosaurs with the big old uh, big old heads for ramen. Yes, he ends up uh, whistling at the mo- at the monster. He ends up whistling at the dinosaur, getting it to finally break open and uh, breaking through a wall and getting it to break through the um, break through the cell door. And Owen ends up letting the dinosaur go out so that it can wreak havoc at the very least, bringing attention away from them. So the stig the stiggy ends up going up to the. Um, to the auction floor where as you know we get shown all the all the dinosaurs that end up getting sold to all these like uh billionaires and finally we get to the indoraptor which henry Wu like goes out of his way to tell talk about how the the creature is a prototype uh they have no clue what it's gonna do hasn't been socialized yet but then the auctioneer immediately has a presentation where they show that it, you know, using a targeting laser and a high-frequency radio, they're able to manipulate the Endoraptor into attacking certain uh, uh, certain objects or certain targets or whatever it is. 
which immediately has everyone chomping at the bit to the point where they're right. They end up like they end up uh, what's it called? Um, auctioning up, like bidding up to more than 50 mil, I think. Like, I forgot exactly how much money that the Endo Raptor is going for, but it goes to just under like a hundred million dollars, like really quickly. Um, so at this point, is actually where the Stigio Malak uh ends up going up into the room and fucking shit up. <laughs> if you ever want to see a tiny dinosaur like throw grown men around, this is your scene. I thought it was uh it was one of those scenes that's like, yeah, it has a little bit of levity to the situation because you know you get to see this little dinosaur like really mess people up, but it causes chaos. And, you know, uh, there's a scene where, or there's this part in the scene where, um, where the, the endoraptor, the idea is they're trying to ship it out because once it leaves the room, it gets sent to whoever uh, purchased the, the dinosaur so that they can ship the dinosaur off to whatever private Tiger King-esque zoo these rich a-holes have. So uh, Owen needs to stop the endo, uh, or the, the, yeah, the track before the Endoraptor is gone. So he ends up him and the in the the dinosaurs are like fighting off these guys like kind of accidentally. Uh, so we get to see like Owen be this action hero, fights his way through a bunch of guys, and stops the uh, Endoraptor from being sent off. So uh, the Endoraptor. <laughs> However, starts hunting. Uh, oh no, the I'm sorry. Before we get to that part, Wheatley ends up tranking the Indoraptor to try to take the tooth as his trophy because that's kind of his thing. Uh, he uses, you know, he he him being a, not. I don't know, Angel. Would you say he was a big game hunter? No, you said you you just thought he was a straight up mercenary, right? Yeah, I think he's straight up mercenary. But I guess you know what he does is take trophies from every single creature that he kills so and i forgot what the other dinosaur like he did it earlier i don't remember if he got it from blue or if he got it from another dinosaur but there is a scene where he's he ends up like taking the the tooth out from one of the monsters he monsters. takes it from an from an herbivore uh one of the herbivores on the island as they're capturing them so oh that's right that's right that's right so uh wheatley ends up taking the or trying to take the tooth However, the uh, we find out the Indoraptor was feigning, uh, you know, faking being unconscious, and ends up killing Wheatley by ripping his arm off and eating him. So at this point, I forgot if the auctioneer was that. No, the auctioneer wasn't Mills, right? The yes, auction- Mills. Well, no, the Mills's creepy sidekick is the auctioneer. Mm-hmm. And Mills is just like the evil guy, like as we're reflected, like we're watching reflected from his glasses, like the amount of money that's being that's being auctioned here is like is just keeps going up to ridiculous amounts. He's like, oh yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, money. So they try to so he tries to slowly escape through an elevator, and the Indoraptor uh, manages to escape through the open door left uh, by Wheatley. And the elevator closes before he can get out. However, tail whipping the uh, machine apparently breaks it, breaks the elevator panel. Um, the door opens back up, and the Indoraptor kills not only the auctioneer but everyone else inside. <laughs> it's such. It looks like such a movie monster, and I think that's my only complaint 
in this film is that you never actually see get a really good look at the Indoraptor. And I think you said it yourself. Like you didn't actually get to see what it looked like until you played Jurassic Park Evolution, right? Because like the movie, or at least in this film, it's super covered in like shadows and darkness. You never really get a right. Like this is the section of the movie that turns into a full-on horror movie because it's basically Claire and Owen uh, being like chased in in Macy. They're all being chased around the house, this giant mansion by the Indoraptor, which is obscured in darkness most of, most of the time. And even though you do get a look of what he looks like in the cage scene um throughout the rest of the movie he is obstructed by shadow uh in the video game is really the only time i'd ever seen what the full indoraptor design looks like Eversoul was the guy name sorry <laughs> like that i don't know why that was bugging me but yeah Five as hours tra- later i know so as the indoraptor tries to hunt down owen claire and Maisie, um Blue actually uh, gets uh, get you know regains consciousness. Zia ends up letting Blue go, and Blue ends up fighting the Indoraptor. <laughs> so once again, we got an awesome scene of of Blue uh, mixing it up. You get to see some two dinosaurs fight. Um, they and finally the the climax of the film is the Indoraptor is trying to attack. Um, trying to attack. Oh, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Maisie. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. So it's um, Owen, uh, Owen and Maisie trying to escape from the Indoraptor as it hunts them on top of like this glass, uh, like sunroof, right? And then um, it's like over the 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 main entrance hall of this giant house where under them there's like a Triceratops skull, which we get shown so many times throughout the film. So there's your beautiful foreshadowing. However, using the um, kind of attack uh, reflex of the Indoraptor, Claire grabs one of the uh, w- grabs one of the rifles with the laser sight and the uh, speaker box. So, mm-hmm. forcing the Indoraptor to try to lunge at Owen. Owen dodges last minute, so that the Indoraptor goes crashing through the glass. And I think this is when Blue jumps on the Indoraptor to, as a kind of like pouncing on it forcing it to finally go through crashing it down onto the triceratops horns and getting impaled and then we get this a cool scene of blue kind of roaring becoming the new king of the raptors (laughs) i mean technically blue has always been the alpha so not really or queen queen of the raptors so at this point um the the uh, evil cabal is essentially gassing all the dinosaurs, leaving them to die. So the you know our our, our group of heroes try to decide what what's the right thing to do. So uh, Owen arguing that probably the most humane thing is to let him die, since that's not something that really humans are prepared to handle is having dinosaurs in the world. Um, Claire believing that they should leave them. Uh, let them live is kind of debating with the moral with the moral implications of it. However, she kind of agrees with uh, she agrees with Owen, and they they both resign themselves to letting the uh, the dinosaurs die. However, last last minute save from Maisie as she tries to uh, save her fellow clone brethren. 
she hits the <laughs> she hits the unlock button letting the doors open and letting the dinosaurs go out saying that she is you know she's one of them and if she's living then they're living as well and so all the dinosaurs that were left over from the auction get sent out into the world and essentially to live among humans and now they try to find places you know they try to find homes in in the mainland u.s Meanwhile, I think like you pointed out uh, when we watched it, meanwhile, during this time, all the dinosaurs that were shipped off with the uh, black market auction, uh, pretty much auction attendees, they still have their dinosaurs. So those dinosaurs are out in the world as well. And essentially, uh, the movie ends with a monologue by Dr. Malcolm, who is talking about who is actually at a, a U.S. Senate hearing where he talks about this is the new Jurassic age um, and essentially welcome to Jurassic world that we must learn to coexist with the dinosaurs as we get shown scenes of dinosaurs throughout all over, all over the country, you know, like we get the T-Rex confronting the, the lion at the at central park zoo, but I love the shot of seeing blue free in the American Southwest, like just running through the desert. <laughs> And yeah. roll credits, and that's our film. That is Jurassic or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yep, and we'll see where the franchise decides to go with the next movie that's apparently already wrapped production. Uh, it's just uh, Colin Trevorrow has just given himself, I guess, an extra year to work on the effects now. So the effects for this movie better be crispy because it is getting pushed back an entire full year. <laughs> They have no excuses. Well, yeah, I know that their production, much like the Batman, they had problem where people were getting COVID and stuff like that. So they had to shut down the production at least once. Damn, we'll that's see. crazy. We will see how it goes. This is the world we live in now. So uh, do you like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? This is kind of hard. Like, <laughs> I don't... It's weird. I don't like it. I'm not well. I'm not crazy about it. Like, how do I don't hate it? Let me say that. <laughs> Let me start off by saying I don't hate this movie, but I'm also not crazy about it. Like, I watched it and I enjoyed it. I liked certain parts, but it just felt too much like a rehash of uh, Jurassic Park um, two of Lost yeah. World. Um, and it's like the more we talk about it, the more like glaringly obvious it is. And I was like, I mean, that's cool. Like, I, I like, I love the new direction. I, I will say that. I will, there are certain parts of this movie that I fucking think are fantastic, and there are certain, um, you know, like they introduce certain scenes. Like, I love the, I love the the Indoraptor hunting them, um, hunting them in the house. I thought that was cool. I thought the stampede scene was pretty crazy. Uh, but ultimately, I don't. Like I said, I don't hate it, but I do recommend it for people. <laughs> I really do rec. I really do recommend it for uh, Star uh, Star Wars for Jurassic Park fans. Like I think Jurassic Park fans are definitely gonna enjoy it. I mean, it didn't really do anything like revolutionary in my opinion, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a fun film. It was fun. It was fun to check out. I'm going to admit this movie was even when I saw it the first time a bit of a letdown. Mm. Um, I was slightly disappointed by, you know, because it was, again, like I said, the director like was a horror movie director. They were going to go more in horror. They were going to take more from Michael Crichton. It's like all of this kind of stuff should have been like in my bag, right? 
Mm-hmm. But I think even when we watch it, it is kind of forgettable. Uh, the movie is kind of all over the place. Like there's a section in the island, there's a section in this mansion, and it just kind of goes like in lots of different directions. So it feels uneven ultimately. Um, there's things that I really like about it. Uh, I do like the relationship between Owen and Blue that's expanded on. I like what they do with Claire's character. Um, and ultimately, I feel like this movie is going to be necessary because it is the bridge that gets us from Jurassic World to Jurassic World Dominion, which is supposed to be the magnum opus. All of the actors are coming back now. Like, it's going to be the Spider-Man 3 of the Jurassic Park universe. So. It can either be Jurassic Park, I mean, it can either be Spider-Man 3 or it can be the la- the last skywalker or whatever the shit <laughs> <laughs> it could either be spider-man 3 or it could be spider-man 3 from 2007 <laughs> hey you shut up all right fucking i love spider-man 3 from 2007 because without that we wouldn't have gotten amazing spider-man and without amazing spider-man we definitely wouldn't have got you know the, the spider-man tom holland we all know and love <laughs> All right. So anyway, we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Um, And we're really excited because uh, our new series that we are going to announce soon is on the horizon. We will officially announce it on our uh, social media pages. So please be on the lookout for that. Uh, Continue uh, to review us on the Apple podcast app if you're able to um, and download us on the platform of your choice. Uh, And thank you guys for continuing to follow us along on this journey on this podcasting journey (laughs) yeah hopefully we're putting out good content leave us reviews like angel said if not we will find you no just (laughs) but seriously remember to take care of yourselves out there we're living in some crazy times at the moment um yeah just be be sure to take care of yourself have yourself a laugh you know give your you know give your give your favorite podcast a listen you know go ahead trick or backlog you know if you, we definitely have a shit ton of we have two years worth of content but yeah definitely um yeah be nice to yourselves take care of yourselves and yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time all right peace <laughs>